This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to the Double Feature Movie Podcast, coming to you from a hidden room in the SPH Pleasure Dome. I'm Jonathan Roberts, and I'm joined this week by Chief Movie Reviewer for the new paper, Joanne So. Hello. Hello. Okay, the film that we're going to judge this week is Alita Battle Angel that James Cameron produced and Robert Rodriguez directed CGI sci-fi? based on a manga. It's sci-fi and everything else like that. Now, Joanne has seen it in IMAX 3D. I saw it in plain old 2D. And we have very differing opinions on whether it's any good. So, this is based on a manga that came out in 1990 called Battle Angel Alita. Please don't get them confused. This is Alita colon Battle Angel, a professor, a scientist, a cybergenetics doctor. Cybergenetics doctor finds a head and shoulders of a young woman or a young robot woman in in a dump. And he takes it home. And he gives it a body and names it Alita. And then she discovers who she is. She lost her memory. She She lost her memory. She recovered her memories. That's right. Uh, And in this world, it's Iron City, which is the place on the ground. And I keep on calling it Zalora. Zalora Zertek. It's called... Zalem. 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 Zalem, which seems pronounced differently. Z-A-L-E-M. Which is a kind of wealthy city in the sky. We don't actually see much of it, but everyone wants to go there. Yes. And in this world of Iron City, people have lots of... uh, Well, having a robot limb is nothing to be that concerned about. It seems to be like everyone just has them as a matter of course. Yeah, and you get, like, walking cyborgs around here and there, and there are, like, some hero worshippers them because of this that that funny spot the motorball motorball (laughs) so there's a bit of rollerball in this and well basically there's lots of action yeah it plot is one thing it's it's just i don't know it's it's supposed to be the good versus evil going to discover who's the um the evil behind this what corporation that rules this iron city so yes that's the, the plot is a bit strange because it's not very clear her motivations, besides trying to fi- recover her memories, well, I mean, she falls in love as well with the yes. guy who looks like he—he he looks like he's come straight off a Nickelodeon show, Nickelodeon-style Disney boy meets world kind of bad boy. He—he he, he does look familiar, but I—I I don't think we have seen him much before. So he's Kean Johnson is the love interest and. Kind of dodgily, it seems to be dressed in Robert Rodriguez cosplay of leather jacket, black t-shirt, black jeans, and a black bandana as well, which is, I don't know, it feels a bit dodgy. It's, it's, it's like um, rebel look. I mean, he's quite cute, so... But there's something about the director saying, ah, you shall be my side. It's like Woody Allen in some ways. <laughs> you shall be a hero boy, and I shall have you dressed as me. I want to be the hero in this. Mashallah Ali and Jennifer Connelly are like the two evil... Yeah doers, they are controlled by some mysterious guy called Nova who is able to tap into their brains and control them at various points and he lives up on Zalora (laughs) or Zoloft Zalem Zalem, so he's controlling them now Marcella Ali's character and Jennifer Connelly's character find out about Alita and they want her parts or because she has this special body that imbues her with some unique martial arts that Will apparently bring the downfall of Nova. See, you don't really go for a story. It's very straightforward. You just well, go okay. go along with the actions. You liked it. Yeah, I liked it. Okay, it's and enjo- I didn't. <laughs> it's enjoyable in a way. Maybe because I watched it in IMAX 3D, which 
oh, this is one movie that you should you really should fork out for because the special effects it's fantastic. The story you might not like it, but you have to give it to Rodriguez and Cameron. You know they spend so much effort on creating this technology for well, it's, for this it's show. It's been twenty years in the making. Ever yes. since, well, twenty uh, years around no. the apparently it, he he had the idea in twenty two thousand. Ah. And that's in you, you. Do you remember his very you know that TV show Dark Angel with yes. Jessica yep. Alba? Jessica Alba. He was yeah. inspired by Battle Angel Alita. Ah, that makes sense. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because that was a dystopia. Yes. And that had a yeah cool young girl as superpowered lead. Mm. Oh yeah. Whilst Rosa Salazar, who plays Alita, mm-hmm. um, I don't know how much of her is actually on the screen versus the mocap things because the eyes are enlarged and I don't know if that's quite her but she does it really well yes. I, it's a charming lead Yes, I can follow her, I don't know if that's because humans are kind of predisposed to like things with large eyes <laughs> uh, but yeah she's charming enough and Christoph Waltz is I don't know if Christoph Waltz has ever played a regular person Like I, I don't think there's ever been a Christoph Waltz role who just says oh do you fancy coffee <laughs> it's always in a very arch way but I thought there's one part where they're you know, teasing about whether he's a good guy or bad guy maybe because it's Christoph Watts and he's always playing the bad guys so it, it's is he or is he not you know what, what are his motives behind rescuing and then giving her this new body and everything well that is where things get weird because the plot takes so many handbrake turns and at first I was quite pleased that discovering her and naming her Alita and giving her the body mm-hmm. and finding out that this robot body was designed originally for his daughter who yep. died you get through that really quickly but then it leaves a lot of other stuff of just going around town and then it takes another handbrake turn where you think ah oh, there's murders happening is Christoph Waltz who goes out at night with a big coat and comes back kind of yeah and comes back and he's bleeding and he's very surreptitious about it. Could he be the... Mer- no, he's not. And then there's all these gangs of marauding cyborgs and stuff. Let's just face it. This is not a story-driven movie. It's an action-driven no. movie. It's yeah. definitely set up for a sequel, but I'm not sure if I actually want to watch the sequel. No, I don't. Because <laughs> it's two and something hours long. But actually, it didn't feel long. And I don't really enjoy watching an IMAX 3D. So I think I must be very, very impressed by the special effects. If this had come out a few years ago, I might have been more impressed. But last year, I was convinced that Robert Downey Jr. went toe-to-toe with a seven-foot-tall purple monster. A seven-foot-tall charming monster. And also, I think it falls into that trap that Ghost in the Shell had, that look at the amazing dystopian future. And it's not actually that impressive to linger on and keep on having the sweeping shots. Also, I mean, again, with the kind of muddled plot, Iron City, I can't tell that it's that bad a place to live. I mean, it looks yeah, kind of like... It looks fun. It looks good. Well, it looks exciting. A lot of the background cast basically just look like uh, hipster backpackers. And nobody, no one's <laughs> you know, oppressed. No just, one's actually forced to the ground and beaten up. It's just occurred to me now that it reminded me... Iron City reminds me of Thor Ragnarok, whatever that city yeah. is. You know, the same feel, the same vibes, the colours and all, like yeah. how city, the city dwellers are like, you know, looks like hipsters and quite cool. And also, as they prove, you can go outside quite easily. And outside the city, it seems quite lush and green and verdant. It's, it's not like it's a complete Mad Max desert wasteland and this is the only bit of civilization left. There's 
farming going outside and they take Alita to a place where there's lots of lush greenery and there's a waterfall. <laughs> you don't, <laughs> I don't remember. You don't want to remember when she finds the ship, the Man of Steel part where she goes oh, and finds the ship. that's right. That's it's right, it's right, a beautiful okay. oasis yes, It's a lush stuff. place. Yeah, I don't understand why. Let's see, it's like, I don't understand why everyone wants to go up to the city in the clouds. It even looks smaller than um, that Matt Damon Elysium? Oh, Elysium. Elysium. Yes, it's very... See, in Elysium, on the ground was hellish. Yeah. It was not nice. And mm. so obviously, you want to go up to the nice bit yeah. where everything's clean. There's no sense of, oh, this is wonderful up here. We won't go into spoilers, but some of the characters have come from Zalora. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not going to get out of my head. It's Zalora. Uh, some of the characters have come from upstairs. And they know what it's like, but nobody's, there's not like advertisements. Nobody knows what it's like up there. They just think it's good. Well, the grass is always greener. I suppose. Like, no, I, I think at the end of the day, seriously, they paid too much attention to the special effects and they just forgot about the story. It's like maybe they have this big grand plan on the storyboard, but, you know, certain parts that they just want to show. Maybe it's been cut out or something. We don't know. But it felt that the whole movie is just to serve what kind of technology James Cameron has created. It's like Avatar. Yeah. It's the same thing as this one. It's like story, eh, forget it. Um, be wild by the special effects. Action sequences, maybe? Well, I mean, the fight yeah. scenes are pretty good. for. But for two hours. And if it's not in IMAX 3D, then it, it re- there's a lot lacking in this. Yeah, because, it's, you, you know, for, like, for me... What ca- what I really enjoy is when the characters actually captures your attention. And this one, it's after a while, it's like, wow, she's real, she looks real. It's like, you don't need real actors anymore, you can just have CGI characters. But after a while, it's like, you know, there's no emotional, you don't yeah. feel any anything for her. Well, I don't Except- feel anything for the side characters. Well, I might have felt a bit more if there's more about the father-daughter thing between her and Christoph Waltz. But there isn't. Mm. He's just pretty much the mechanic back yeah. at home who fixes yeah. her up a bit. The romance between her and Nickelodeon boy, uh, that that was nothing really. No, it's, just a, it's just a prerequisite for any film. And he's you one just of those, need to have a love interest. Oh, yeah, and he's also one of those characters that just makes so many stupid moves that <laughs> you just think, no, 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 you, you're too stupid to follow on this thing. I, Whatever happens like, to you, good. I look like a bad guy, but I actually have a good heart. But yet, it's like, you know, foolishness rules over everything. I'm it's as dumb like, as a bag of spanners at the yeah. same time. I know I'm good looking and girls will fall for me anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so that's that's a kind of character. I, I don't know what Jennifer Connelly was doing in this. It was it's such a strange role. She's one of those characters that just turns up as the plot requires her to turn up <laughs> rather than where she'd normally be. Yeah, and her... Oh, whatever happened to her that's like that's a very easy way of ending everything yeah it should have been a much bigger twist without spoilers uh, we should do a spoiler cast version of this <laughs> as well uh, I think the worst part of this is also that after a certain point even without looking at my watch you know that the story that you'd expect to happen after this is not going to happen within the time frame of this film and they are basically just looking at a sequel and saying yes, well this is this up. bit I think that's it. You've, you've put the nail on the head. Put the nail on the head? Hit the nail <laughs> on the head. It's just two hours of setup. If they're really going to do a, a sequel, if they can get over this supposedly big flop that they're going to have, you know, they really, really should pay a lot more attention to the story and the plot. I mean, okay, 
Alita, the character itself, it's pretty engaging from mm. what she can do and there's so much potential that what she can do, even if it's just focus on the motorboat itself or focus on this vigilante thing, there's so much you can do with her. And then like you said, the, the relationship between Alita and what is that? The Christoph, Christoph Watts. Watts. Yeah. The dynamic is there, but it's how they want to move carrying forward and stop it. It's one of those situations where there's a pretty solid hour and a half film hidden within this. Yes. Even without a proper... You, I mean, you did mention the final battle there. There's no big final battle, really. It's <laughs> it's just... It's small little skirmishes along the way. That There's no kind of like big payoff. You, no, you never think that this... The, the final boss, as it were, is that much of a challenge. No, that's, the, the boss fight came in the middle when was in the sewers at part. Yeah. That's it. And yeah. then it's like... It's like <gasps> you don't expect that to happen? I think you're right. You, the final boss thing did happen in the middle because that is where she gives everything yeah. to stop this guy. And you actually, I, I actually feel that, oh no, she, something might actually happen to her. Yeah. I, I know something's going to happen to her because she has to lead, it has to lead on to what yes. she becomes, yeah. right? But it's like, it's like you feel something, it's like, oh no, it's like, you know, she actually might, you know, she might die or there's a risk or after that. But after, you know, after that, that sewer or water underground moment, and that's it, you know. It's just, well, after it that is when she decides to go play motorball again, which is, a, again, one of those handbrake turns yeah. where, okay, now you have a clear path of vengeance also to kill the dog. You have a clear path of vengeance, and then you just say, uh, I'm, I'm just going to play outside for a bit. Is that all right? Are you, what? Well, this is based on the manga. I think it might be just too closely based on a manga. I think that kind of absurd plotting that know. comes in, yeah, you know, maybe. they're allowed to take left turns in a comic book <laughs> and they've just kept it a bit too closely rather than thinking, actually, what would work for a film? I think, seriously, I don't know. I think they just put focus too much on trying to develop a beautiful, give us a beautiful film. Which you think it is? I think it is. It's quite a feast for the eyes. I mean, everything... Um, the the skirmishes in the motorball thing it just reminded me of like what Transformers could be you know actually accuracy I could appreciate all the time and effort the CG people has put into it so I think that's why it's worth I mean that's why I enjoyed the film is like I, I feel the effort so I think if you're going to go see it go for the IMAX 3D I went without any expectations not expecting a good film but at the end of the day, maybe because of the low expectations and, and I'm X3D, it's like, it's pretty enjoyable. I had it's low expectations <laughs> as well. I, I, I'm not a fan of Avatar. I certainly haven't enjoyed a James Cameron film since, I think, I, True Lies, I sort of Titanic? enjoyed. No. Yeah, I Lord, didn't like no. Titanic either. <laughs> and yeah, I'd just come off watching a Lego movie, which had disappointed me as well, uh, unfortunately. So essentially, go watch IMAX 3D. At least you get the full appreciation of all the art that has gone into creating this CGI spectacular. It's 19 years in the making. 19 years. Oh, Lord. Now onto things in the real world. Slightly more realistic. On February 14th, we have some superstars coming to Singapore in the shape of Samuel Jackson, who is Nick Fury, Brie Larson, who is Captain Marvel, Gemma Chan, who is playing I'm Not So Sure, and the directors of the film, Anne Bowden and Ryan Fleck, will be in town. Gemma Chan plays Minerva. The blue coloured person. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Key what's, bit that, of info. what's that? Um, 
a Cree person called Minerva. This is coming a bit early for the film. The film's not out until late March, is it? Mid-March. So it's about about a month beforehand. What do you think of these stars coming to Singapore? It, it seems to have become a regular stop. I think it's good to get awareness because um, Captain Marvel was teased at the end of Infinity War. So I think oh, yeah. the buzz is like, what is she going to do? Who is she and everything else? And what's a big reveal at the end of Captain Marvel? How is it going to link up to Endgame? Because that is coming out about a month after yes. Captain Marvel. So it's yes. quite a quick succession. So I guess that that's the excitement of it. In terms of like the actors themselves, apart from Samuel L. Jackson, I don't know like how many people actually have seen much of Brie Larson. I'm sure she has a following as like, you know, mm. someone in our newsroom is super excited. A few people are even more excited to possibly see Gemma Chan. They should just see her in Mary Queen of Scots. She's in Mary Queen of Scots? Yeah, it's a very strange thing. She plays a Queen Elizabeth handmaiden. Wow, good to know. But yeah, th- these things are, I mean, they're usually quite spectacular. They usually have the um, Asian tour. So I guess we are one of the cities of Asian tour. It's like how um, RDJ and Benedict Cumberbatch came last time for Infinity War. But okay, Brie Larson is not up that level yet. Yeah, I'm sure this will work out well because there's, there's like I said, it's like there's a buzz. I want to watch Captain Marvel. I mean, the film itself looks interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, and it looks good as a superhero. And I'll be I'm just curious how they're going to de-age Sam L. Jackson. I think that's quite clear in the in the trailers. They've yeah. just given it a bit more hair. Mm. And an eye. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how many Easter eggs are they going to put inside this to lead up to, you know, to Infinity? And even, not just Infinity, like all the other Marvel films. And I think it's a sort of, it's, a, it's definitely a big thing for Brie Larson. Room is her biggest film. Yes. And then some other smaller films, and she was in, yeah, Kong, Skull Island. Oh, that's right, yeah, she was with Tom Hiddleston, as yes. you said, the awful Tom Hiddleston. Awful. <laughs> yes, he's awful. No, she not. was also in uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World with Captain, Captain America. America. <laughs> anyway, that is where we shall leave things for the moment. We'll see how Captain Marvel turns out. If you're listening on iTunes or Google Podcasts or indeed Spotify, do comment, rate, and review us. We'd love to know what you think. Joanne, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. And until next time, this has been Double Feature. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg.